We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by DoorDash. NFL Sunday Ticket and BetOnline.ag. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers. And joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back and all-around good guy, Eric Crocker. What's going on, bro? Oh, man, just uh, hanging out. Got some uh, playoff basketball in the background. Uh, Game 7 coming on in a few minutes. Houston and OKC, which is crazy. How is OKC even keeping up with them? Uh, yeah, yeah, eventful. Night. So, I mean, this is, I, I know you're, you're decently into basketball. So this is a, as a little bit of a testament to how much, how dedicated you are to striking gold, given you are recording during the basketball game, right? Yeah. And like, as you were talking just now, I had my head kind of tur- turned towards the TV and somehow Milwaukee, they done brought this. All the way back to a it's a it's a two point lead for for Miami with eight seconds left. This is this is crazy because Miami was in control right of the game, and uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean Milwaukee was down like what eight points just like forty seconds ago, and uh, yeah, not crazy, crazy. But uh, yeah, okay. I'm de- I'm uh, you know forget that game, man. I'm dedicated to striking gold. <laughs> uh, well, that's legit, man. I know that at one point you wanted to like. Like a week ago, I know we wanted to record a certain day, but you had to watch the Lakers, and that's different though. That's like your that's like your team, right? The Lakers right. are your are your number ones, right? Okay, cool, cool, definitely. Well, die hard. We right since that's what Eddie Jones is wearing number twenty five, so that was nineteen ninety five. There you go. What year were you born? Nineteen eighty seven. Okay, so I'm only a couple. I was born in eighty five. In November, though, so right at the end of the 85. Yeah. Um, so in 49ers land, oh, you know what? And I want to answer them right now because we'll have to. I mean, we did get a couple questions. Right. We did, we did get some of the because we, we joked about doing a podcast where it was only questions for 
that were unrelated to football. And we did get some. I I, I feel I feel bad now because I want to. You know, we didn't call, we didn't, we didn't like formally announce that we were going to do the episode and, and put out like the call for questions, but some people threw questions at us anyways. I wish I had them right in front of me. I know one of the ones we got was, was slides or flip-flops. And I think the answer was unanimously slides, right? It has got to be. It will. Now it I'm more of a Crocs type person. No pun intended. But uh, <laughs> yeah, usually yes, yeah, slides. Hold on, hold on. Sure. I'm going to do it real quick. Hold on. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. <laughs> I wish you could hear the drums. I, I don't, you know. That's good though. But yeah, I am a Crocs type person. I have like these camouflage ones that, uh, you know, they fit right in down here in the south. You know, I might as well. Oh, I'm them. sure the camouflage is big down there. <laughs> and they're like not like camo, like uh, army military camo. It's like hunting camo, right? It's like, yeah, hunting camo. Okay. It's funny because I have a uh, I have a Kasner hat, the school I teach at, um, and like five years ago, in one of my first years there, the head coach made a a hat, a football hat that was hunting camouflage with just a, a maroon K on the front. And if you would have like asked me if I thought it was going to look good, like just beforehand, I would be like, no way, it would be horrible. And then he had them made. And like, it's like my favorite hat and I'm not a huge camo guy. I don't wear real tree camo or while I walk <laughs> around town, but it like, it looks legit. And, you know, it's a school hat. So I'll wear it to school every now and then I like to wear hats. I wear hats so often that my students were shocked one time when I didn't wear a hat because they didn't think I had hair. <laughs> Even though like you can see the side I and mean, maybe they thought it was bald on top or something, but I wear hats all the time. And my real tree camo Kasner hat has become one of my favorites. It's nice, but I don't have real tree clothing though. I'm not. I do own own a a Ford truck. I do own firearms, but I have not committed to the real tree camo movement. I just will not allow myself to become that redneck, if you will. You well, know, like if I stay out here any longer, I'll probably be that guy before I come back to California. Dude, you should, man. I think a picture <laughs> of you in real tree camo would do real well on Twitter. I think it would get a lot of funny replies. Yeah, I think deer hunting season just opened up, I think. So uh, you guys might see Crocky out there hunting pretty soon, post some pictures of it. <laughs> I do like hunting. I do. I, I haven't. I'm not. I haven't. Okay. I should rephrase that. I like the concept of hunting. I've never been hunting. Uh, I just have never had the opportunity to go. But, you know, as long as like you eat what you're hunting and, and you turn it into like, you know, providing for your family, I really, really like it. Like, I, I just think it's, it has a strong place. Yeah, uh, no, and like they, the fabric of of mankind, they shoot, like yeah, no, they eat it. They eat everything out here. Well, and a good like, a good friend of mine, Bobby. He's he's on Twitter too, Bobby Horn. Um, his family owns like a ranch that's big enough to where they have deer on it, and they'll hunt those deer once they become old enough, and and then they yeah they they eat everything and like the parts that they wouldn't that you wouldn't normally turn into like a specific type of meat. They make deer sausage out of it, which is deer mixed with pork, and it is so good. And and I now, because of the la- one of the last times, no, not one of the last times, but one time I ate deer sausage was at a tailgate for the last game at Candlestick Park, aka the Pick at the Stick, and we had it before the game, obviously because you're tailgating for a while, and then we were like so excited after the game. And obviously the traffic was so bad that we didn't even care to leave. We fired the tailgate back up and got everything back out and barbecued some more deer sausage after the last game of Candlestick. So now I can't really have deer sausage without thinking about the pick of the stick. Yeah, nah, it is it's good. I've cooked deer sausage a couple times here. Um, yeah, nah, it's it, yeah, it's 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 the real deal. And <laughs> the deer sausage. My love, my wife loves it too. And we and have what's like deer nice steak. Is you don't even have to flavor it; like it just has all nope. the flavor. Got a nice little spice to it. It's like kind of like a little kick, a little like little tiny kick. Yeah, oh yeah. I made uh, some like breakfast sandwiches out of it. It was really good. No, it's if you have not had deer sausage, obviously the term for the taste is gamey. It's like a little gamey. It's got a little little tang, a little spice to it. But it, remember, it's mixed with pork, so you still have kind of like a sausage taste. But the deer just gives it a little more kick. And it's, dude, it, it is so good. And you don't have to touch it with a single spice, no salt, no pepper. Just throw it on the barbecue or whatever you're cooking it on, a, a pan. Um, 
cast iron, of course, and and fire that stuff up, and it is it's so good. But you know, anyways, so. The 49ers, last time we were on here, which which is only a few days ago, the 49ers had just ended training camp. And now they have a week of practice, which they just started, or another four-day stretch of practice, which they just started today, which will go from Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, and I believe they'll have one again on Saturday. I'm not sure. But on Saturday at 1 p.m. our time, is their official, the 49ers' official deadline to cut their roster down to 53 players. And right now they're sitting at 80 instead of 90. So, I mean, I guess you could say less people get the bad news, but at the same time, less people also got an opportunity. So, you know, it was kind of bad news. They were given bad news at some point. Um, so Crocker and I decided to both create our own 53-man roster predictions, and we will bounce back and forth, talk about each other's. There were, for the vast majority of them, they will probably be, probably be very similar. Um, and then, you know, maybe we'll we'll be able to, uh, you know, crown like a winner once they announce theirs and we'll see whose was the, the most accurate. But Crocker does get some brownie points because he's got his 53-man roster hitting social media tomorrow and it's all beautifully done in pictures and stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, and I, I just can't compete with that. I mean, I guess I could, but I don't want to. So, like, you know, you be ready for Crocker's super visually stunning 53-man roster prediction, which I am looking forward to. And uh, I'll be hitting that uh, retweet button. So, I guess we should get started with the, the, the most podcast listeners, position. they get it first. So, that's right. that's all that matters. Right. Just be ready for it. Just be ready for it. Um, so I guess we start with the super obvious position that really isn't going to have probably a whole lot of intrigue to it, but that is quarterback. And, and Crocker, why don't you why don't you take us through? You can go first whenever we do a new position, and uh, and then I'll go after you. So why don't you take us through your quarterbacks that will be making the 49ers 2020 53 man roster? Uh, no surprise here, Garoppolo Mullins. Beathard. And I was reluctant to put Beathard, but the way Kyle Shanahan is with him, it, it just seems like he's just someone that he likes having around. And I get it from a sense of, you know what, like, these guys have been in the offense, what is it, year four for Beathard? Uh, yeah. And yep. year four for Mullins, right? Um, because he was on practice squad the first year. So, yep. um, you know, it's like, you know what, man, like, if, if God forbid, Garoppolo does go down. He still has two quarterbacks who he probably feels, you know, hey, they can still run the offense. They still get it. They still understand everything that I want to do. So um, Garoppolo, Mullins, Beathard. And Beathard is kind of taking a roster spot away from other people who I feel shouldn't make it or should have a chance to. But, uh, yeah, that's what I'm going. Garoppolo, but Garoppolo Mullins, Beathard. To like, this is this is a roster prediction. This is not necessarily how we would make the roster. You Correct. Know, like, you know, that's there's a there's a very, very distinct difference. And a lot of people they you know, I, I say the same thing during mock draft season. Like a lot of people get super upset with, you know, certain picks, which is the silliest thing ever. But most people that can do mock drafts are doing what they think the team will do based on, you know, where the team is, what their needs are, and kind of just their general philosophy. And that's what we're doing now. We're just kind of predicting. So my three quarterbacks are the exact same. Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Mullins, and C.J. Beathard. And, you know, one, I think there's a couple reasons why Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard have both been kept on the roster. You know, one, I would say Kyle Shanahan would probably, would probably, I mean, obviously Nick Mullins is kind of like the number two, but Kyle Shanahan might struggle to pick between the two if he was forced to. And I don't necessarily think somebody at any position has made Kyle Shanahan pick. I'm sure in his mind at some point he said, look, if there is just somebody else on the on this roster that I just cannot bear the thought of cutting, then maybe I will consider not keeping one of these quarterbacks. And he probably also feels like they have value around the league too. You know, like he, he probably feels like Nick Mullins or CJ Beathard could command some type of trade value. Um, I'm not sure. It's probably not significant, but. You know, so that may have kept him from from moving on from one of them. So yeah, same thing. And now we are moving on to, uh, 
you know, the bell counts of the Shanahan offense uh, running backs. Croc, what do you got, man? All right. So I have Mostert and I have him starting it off because I feel like he should be the starter. And then He's I have the Coleman, McKinnon, Wilson, and Juszczyk. So no surprise there. Um, five backs. I did struggle with should I keep Wilson or not, but it just seems like he's been so consistent. Uh, maybe not the guy, but definitely a guy. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, has a role in this offense if he's active. Most of the time, he probably won't be active. But hey, say McKinnon goes down, I think they're very con- uh, or anybody McKinnon, Coleman, Mostert. If any of those guys go down, I think they're just fine activating Wilson. So I kept Wilson. And I know a lot of people, you know, they want the running backs, uh, the rookie guys to make it. uh, Practice squad probably would be their best uh, play. And I think one benefit to not having preseason is nobody had a chance to shine, right? So, So 49ers have, you know, running back out of Baylor, you know, undrafted. Well, nobody got to see him. And a lot of other teams are going to keep some of their guys. So if he 49ers do release him and he clears waivers, he'll be on the practice squad. And uh, 49ers get to keep the same backs that they pretty much had last year outside of uh, McKinnon. Yeah, I think and that's Brady. a good point. I think that's a real good point. The fact that I think the 49ers are going to feel like if they have a guy that's a rookie, they're going to have a much better chance of sneaking him onto the practice squad this year than they may have had in years past because there's no preseason and and we've talked about this in the past and Crocker just mentioned it but you know when there's no preseason games and no film for coaches to look over then they really have no idea other than maybe some reports coming coming from the ground how good that player's been doing or or if they're worth investing in over one of their guys and you know there's just there's a lot of unknowns there so there's just not going to be a whole lot of unless Unless a team was very high on a specific player coming out of the draft, you know, and, and they just weren't able to sign him as an undrafted free agent, and then another team happens to cut him, then maybe, you know, you'll have a team like that that's like, let this, let's get this guy in here. But the odds of sneaking a player onto the practice squad that you considered for your 53-man roster are a lot better this year than they have been in years past. So I went with the same setup. Uh, Raheem Mostert should be considered the starter uh, as opposed to last year when he wasn't really that guy, even when he was doing really, really well, Tevin Coleman was usually the first guy to trot out onto the field. And I, I feel like it's a little anti-Shanahan, not completely, but Raheem Mostert should just be the guy. Like, make him the right. guy, you know, get him out there, make him feel like he is your bell cow. Because, you know, he has earned that, and, and it's not to say that he shouldn't have to compete, but he should be the first guy out there, and he should, you know, he should be the last guy out there, in my opinion. So, right. you know, not that, you know, there can't be a rotation. But, yeah, I also have Tevin. I also have Jarek McKinnon, who I'm really looking forward to seeing this year. I think if he's completely healthy, I think Kyle Shanahan's just, like, a little giddy about whatever, you know, you know from the contract they gave gave McKinnon to start, which was, you know, 6 or $7 million a year, I believe, on average. Um, they have some plans for that guy. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with him. Um I also kept Jeff Wilson Jr. for the reasons that we just talked about. I feel like the 49ers would have a good chance of sneaking Jamichael Hasty onto the practice squad. Um, if they went with Hasty instead of Jeff Wilson Jr., I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I know that I've read quite a bit about uh, you know catches and, and his Hasty's pass-catching ability, which wasn't a huge feature in college, but apparently he's looked pretty strong doing that in camp. But at the same time, Jeff Wilson Jr. has seen strong in that too. And we just read, you know, uh, recently about how Jeff Wilson Jr. caught three touchdowns from Jimmy Garoppolo out of five red zone passes. So, you know, it's not like he's not a threat in the pass game either. But I feel like if you're given a choice between the two, you go with the guy that, that you have and that have kind of that, that that you've had and has kind of proven his worth on the team. So, right, you know. All right. Now here's, I mean – the running back is position is interesting, but where it really, really gets interesting is receiver. So take me through what you got there, uh, there, Croc. All right. I know there's probably going to be a lot of people that disagree with me here, and probably just for one guy in particular, but I'm keeping six receivers. Um, I think last year they, they kept seven, but they kept seven with uh, Hurd and Trent Taylor not starting the season. 
So technically, they kind of, I guess, kept five guys that were actually able to play. All right. So, um, but I am going to keep six. And those six are Debo Samuel, obviously, Ayuk Bourne, Taylor, Pettis. That's five. Now, the sixth guy, I'm keeping Tavon Austin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, you know, I don't know. I haven't been there. So it's hard to say how big of a role he's had in, you know, uh, training camp. It seems like he has been at the very least productive. Um, sounds like he's caught uh, several balls, you know, uh, downfield. I think he is a guy. He adds a different element because he can actually stretch the field. Now, with these six guys, 49ers definitely are still lacking that big body guy. And hopefully, you know, they use uh, Jordan Reed as that. But I, I think as of right now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with uh, Kendrick Bourne, who has been terrific in the red zone, uh, kind of being that guy that maybe they even lean on a little bit more, right? I mean, he caught five touchdowns in the regular season, another touchdown in the playoffs. He, you know, it's just he, he took advantage of every opportunity in the red zone. And I think they should continue to kind of go through him down there. Obviously, uh, you know, the other uh, receivers. But, yeah, I'm keeping Tavon Austin because I think he adds that one element that the 49ers don't have, and it's just that pure speed guy. Even if it's 15 catches on a year, but is that 15 catches, but, you know, 18 yards a catch. I, I think that's that's something that 49ers can definitely utilize. I think that's something Kyle Shanahan really wants in his offense. Uh, a lot of people are talking about uh, Muhammad Sunu. And yep. being that big slot that's needed, but I just look at the the slot position, and I think definitely he can play there. But is it one hundred percent needed when you have everybody else that also runs routes out of the slot? Debo runs routes from there. Uh, Ayuk runs routes from there. Bourne runs routes from there, and Taylor obviously would probably be a staple there. So I just felt like you know, uh, I just kind of like what they have, and but they are missing that pure speed guy that can stretch the field at any time, even if it's not a lot. And I think that's Tavon Austin. So that's my six. Well, you would be uh, interested to know that I, uh, I kept the exact same six receivers. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. No Juan Jennings, huh? Juwan Jennings. No, no, I just, again, I feel like, and, and you got to realize too, I think, I feel like a lot of 49ers fans are going to be still kind of in that mindset of, Oh, we just drafted this guy. Why would we cut him? When in reality, especially on good teams like the 49ers that are postseason teams, you late round draft picks don't always make the team. In fact, when you have a roster like the 49ers do now, they would they probably rarely make the team. It's right. just a late round draft pick is similar to an undrafted free agent in the fact that the odds are against them and they have to really go above and beyond to make to make the roster. And it's not to say that Juwan Jennings didn't. I just feel like the the six guys that are in front of him all kind of have their roles, especially like you said, the one guy who was who was on the bubble in Tabon Austin has a very specific role. He's a return guy, he's a speed guy, and he he would have a very specific role in the offense. And his role in the offense would and on the team would be very similar to Richie James, who I have going on the the non-football injury list, which is where he is now from breaking his wrist during training. Now, there was a story that came out today. Um, I think it was Mike Garofalo said that that Richie James is a lot further on than the team expected. So maybe if, I mean, depending on how healthy he is, he could be somebody that they just keep on the 53 with the expectation that he's back fairly soon. Um, And if they did that, I would just say it's in place of Tavon Austin, but um, you know, there, there is also a scenario where they feel like they would keep Tavon Austin over Richie James. You know, that would be essentially be cutting Richie James and, and allowing him to be picked up by another team. But, um, I, I, you know, as of now with James still on the non-football injury list, I went with the same six receivers, you know, and that, you know, you're releasing, you're cutting a lot of guys, uh, Juwan Jennings, JJ Nelson, who obviously wasn't going to make the team given his injury, um, He's on, I believe, injured reserve now. Sean Poindexter, who's a who's a big dude, but he's kind of he's never really looked like he had a shot. He was he's been there. He was there last offseason too. River Craycraft, who they just bought in and brought in, and of course, along with former uh, first round pick Kevin White. And that's just you know, it, it's it's the same thing. Like, sure, he, at one point he his stock was 
through the roof, but that time has come and gone, and I don't think he presents any value to the group uh, I, enough I to let go of any of these other guys. I will say this about Kevin White. I, I would put him on practice squad uh, if, if possible. And my reasoning for that, I watched him run routes, and I was like, that that looks good. And you know me, I'm a sucker <laughs> for guys that move well. Um, when I was watching him run routes, man, it looked like, it looked like Sammy Watkins, like, and, and it was a very simple, I mean, we all saw the same clips of him running routes, but just from that, I was able to take a lot away of, it didn't look slow or sluggish. It didn't look like he didn't have twitch. Like, it looked like he had all that move well. And I was like, dude, like, looks nice. Not, you know, I saw the reports. He was getting behind people. He was getting open. Uh, I just think that they're, they're, if he's healthy and in the right position and his focus is on point, I think there's something there. And I definitely would put him on the practice squad. Let's see. Hey, give him some time. Maybe learn more of the playbook. And then maybe he can be that guy, that 6'3 receiver that brings a different element. He can stretch the field like he's an athlete. Like He can do a lot of what they want. I think he even has more pure natural ability than like a guy like Jalen Hurd. He's not as big as Jalen Hurd, but you know, 6'3, 210 pounds or whatever. There's a lot to like, and I don't know what type of role he would have, but I think that he is somebody you can carve something out if he ends up being what you think he could be or what the Bears drafted him to be. So uh, I'm I'm really intrigued between him and R- River Craycraft. Those are both two guys for two different reasons. I probably would have to put on the practice squad uh, as two of my veterans on there. I know. I think, I think that makes perfect sense. And and that's one of the most, I think they're allowed four veterans. I believe I read that they're allowed to keep four veterans, four yeah. or six. I think it's four. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I'm right there with you. If you, if you can keep a guy that was at one point considered one of the best receivers in the draft class, I believe that was Amari Cooper's class. Was it not? Um, Correct. yeah, I think Amari Cooper went fourth or fifth and fourth, yeah. Kevin White went seventh. I like I think that's what it was. So obviously you have a guy. What is that was top... like 13th or? Was it? Was it that far? Well, I, yeah, I, I don't think it. Let me see. Because I, I don't think it was top 10. I don't think, but I could be wrong. I'm Googling it right now. Well, no, yeah. Let's let's do it right now because so we can get the listeners of the Striking Gold podcast. No, yep. 2015 round one, pick seven. Wow. Yeah, dang. I don't even remember him being that high. Yeah. I know. So you're talking about <laughs> a guy who at one point was like a top 10 pick, like – Holy shit, this guy's the next, you know, Julio or whatever whatever you want to relate him to, whatever. Um it, you know, and to give somebody a chance in the practice squad to continue to kind of develop or, or work on whatever needs to be worked on with no pressure and and just kind of see what happens. And and, you know, that could be, like Crocker said, somebody who you're like, okay, I feel like this guy's hitting his stride. Let's bring him up to the the roster and see if he can make some plays in a game. And and then, you know, there you go. So there's definitely no downside to it i i don't you know if you look at the other receivers i also like river craycraft a lot he's a smooth dude um and he has a knack for making some pretty tough catches so you know you just you you put him on there and and, you know that's just the beauty of the expanded practice squad and especially with the veteran option you can keep guys around who would have normally been ineligible and there's just no there's no you know there's no risk to it keep them around if some other team wants them they can offer them or or whatever and, and you just go with it so Obviously, we're not done with the offense yet. Uh, we still have tight end in the offensive line, and we will get to that shortly. But before that, I'm going to get in a quick, 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 quick as quick, quick works. But maybe I'll give I'll give Quick a thought in, in the future. But we're going to get a quick word in from our sponsors, starting off with DoorDash because you've counted on restaurants, and now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed. They're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering's easy. Open the DoorDash app. What do you want to eat? And your food will be left safely outside your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app. Select your favorite local spot, and your food is on the way. Right now, listeners of Striking Gold can get $5 off 
and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off of your order and zero delivery fees on the first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. And with NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus Red Zone and Zarek TV Fantasy Zone channels. You're never going to miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. So yeah. Again, personal shout out to DoorDash. I use it all the time. It's legit. Get on that if you don't already do it. It's cool. It's legit. I use it all the time. I actually signed up for a Dash Pass. I think I said that last time. It's ten bucks a month, but you but every delivery is free and then you uh you get like a little off, so it like super pays for itself. But yeah, DoorDash nice. is legit. What's up? Is that not as nice? Yeah, it's 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 nice. I mean it at least right now it's nice. When things start to open back up, I'm not sure if I'm I'm gonna have as much of an excuse for my laziness, but but we'll see. So Okay, continuing on. We just broke down our our receivers. In case you uh, just tuned in to this moment, which would be weird, uh, we kept me and Crocker both kept Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne, Trent Taylor, Dante Pettis, and Tavon Austin. Trent Taylor, as of which, was just mentioned by Mike Silver, NFL's reporter, um, as just having a killer training camp. He said even the coaches were high on him. And which is it's music to me and Crocker's ears because we've said it multiple times. We were there last offseason when he was he was the 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 jewel of training camp and he was outshining yeah. every receiver by a lot. And and obviously then he hurt his foot and that and that's plagued him. And now he's working his way back. And it's really, really cool to hear that he is essentially having the same exact training camp now that he's healthy. Um, you know, that's and that, like I said, that's good news to me and and I think the most important point you made earlier, Croc, was that you said Trent Taylor would be featured like in the slot. And I think that's important because, you know, you have a lot of guys, you know, any receiver can can essentially run routes from the slot. Obviously, you got, you know, there's some transitions there, but Trent Taylor is like made for that role. You know what I mean? He's he's your prototypical, you know, New England Patriots, Wes Welker slot receiver uh, type guy. And obviously that's his coach now. So he, you know. And he had already shown a real, real quick rapport with Jimmy Garoppolo when when Jimmy came on in 2017. So I'm really hoping that all pans out because I would love to see, you know, three wide receiver sets with Devo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Trent Taylor in the slot, and then George Kittle and like, woo, we're moving, yeah. man. And especially and and Trent Taylor, I believe at one point was like the NFL's best third down receiver, right? Yeah, he, he's killing all those slant routes. Right. So. You know, and there was also that there's that clip in that video of him doing that whip route where he starts outside and immediately just shuts it down and comes back inside. And that's so damn hard to cover. So um, and that's his thing. That's Trent Taylor's thing is his change of direction ability because he's so small. He can change direction in a hurry because, you know, it's just a matter of physics. You know, you don't have as much weight that you're having to, that you're having to move with you. So uh, he's super quick. And anyways, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see if he if he can put together a full season, because I believe if he is. He's putting up big numbers, you know, probably flirting with a thousand, even with those other guys in the offense. So he just would get the ball so often. So, um, okay, tight end Crocker hit me. Uh, no surprise here, Kittle, Reed, Dwelly, Warner. Um, obviously Warner, you know, being drafted fifth round, and I was like, you know, there, there's still something there in the sense. I think he has a specific skill set, you know, with his blocking and stuff like that, which. I think Dwelly, I don't know if that's a like 100% strength of his. Same with Jordan Reed. So, you know, I definitely think you want that next tight end who, uh, you know, can help with blocking and big tight end sets. Uh, Jordan Reed, I'm really excited to see him. 
uh, I, I was curious, you know, one of these signings, remember a few years back, 49ers signed Darnell Dockett, and it was like, oh, hell yeah, like Darnell Dockett. And I think he was coming off of an injury, I believe. And then, boom, they cut him in preseason. And I was like, what the yeah. hell, man? And like, maybe he's just not good anymore. And I don't think we've even seen Darnell Dockett play since then. So maybe he just wasn't good anymore. Well, I was wondering, would this Jordan Reed signing be something similar to that? Where it's like, you know, he was a free agent and maybe he just doesn't have it anymore. But I've seen enough to know, nah, he's just fine. So I'm really excited to see him. Uh, can't wait to see how they deploy him and, you know, these different two tight end sets and whatnot. But yeah, those are my four I'm keeping. Kittle, Reed, Dwelly, and Warner. And they kept four last year, so uh, right on cue there. Yeah, so yeah, so the 49ers signed Dockett uh, in March to a two-year, $7.5 million deal. And then on September 4th, right at, basically right at the start of the season, uh, he was released. And then in July, um, about a year, you know, le- almost a year later, uh, he announced that he was going to retire, and then he signed a one-day contract with the Cardinals to retire. So, yeah, and he and he he spent like like nine years or almost ten years, ten seasons, I think, with the Cardinals. So that made sense. But yeah, he he never did anything with the. Uh, I think I think he did get injured in that last season, and the 49ers signed him off of injury, and obviously just never materialized in anything. So, um, as far as my picks go, I'm going with the same thing. Uh, George Kittle, Jordan Reed, Ross, Ross Dwelly, and Charlie Warner. Um, Kittle and Warner can obviously Kittle can block his ass off. Warner is known as a good blocking tight end. Whenever you are, are relying on your tight ends blocking efforts, those two can be in there. And then you know, obviously, if you want that passing prowess, then you throw Reed out there. And 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 I think that to your point, I also felt like when the 49ers first signed Reed, I was like, okay. It's an intriguing guy that probably won't make the roster. But then as time has gone on and he slowly started practicing more, he seems like he's going to have a legit role in the offense. Kyle Shanahan spoke well of him. Seems like he's moving well and, and he's making an impact. And and again, if like we said when they first signed him, if Reed, Jordan Reed works out, you are cooking with fire for the 49ers. You know, and that takes a ton of pressure off of, you know, whatever receiver can't play or, or possibly hurt because Jordan Reed is essentially a big ass receiver and he's, he's very, very good. And if he's healthy, you know, after it's taken a year off, I like, that's huge. That's huge. You know, George Kittle and Jordan Reed being in the same formation, no matter who's on the perimeter is going to stress the defense quite a bit. Uh, Cause I mean, you can bring in one nickel DB or you can bring down one safety to, to help cover a, a tight end that can run routes. Well, but I mean, covering two of them is going to get rough. So it's, yeah. It, yeah, it's just, there's a lot to like there. It's we're still on the, we're still, you know, we don't even know if he's making the team yet. So, you know, I want to pump the brakes a little bit, but if he makes the team and he stays healthy, then you are looking at a legitimate uh, a threat in the offense. So, you know, there's, there's still some ifs there, but it's really, it's legit. Okay. O-line go for it. All right. Now this is really just a shot in the dark. I have Trent Williams, McGlinchey, Tomlinson, Brunskill, Compton, School, McKivitz, Garland, and Richburg starting on the pup. So I don't have Richburg in the eight that I'm keeping. I have Richburg starting on the pup list, which I think uh, I think that's what they're doing with him. Uh, Compton, I was really up in the air with him, but they've been playing him as if. I think he's going to be in there. And, you know, with all the injuries, I think it's kind of made it hard. Like, you know, Richburg's been hurt. Garland's been hurt. So you've had Brunskill have to play center. And that's helped, excuse me, that's helped Compton get a a majority of the right guard uh, reps. Now, if they like McKivitz a lot, then there is a chance that they let Compton go. So that's definitely something to watch for. But, yeah, Williams. Uh, McGlinchey, Tomlinson, Brunskill, Compton, School, McKivitz, Garland, and Richburg starting off on pub not included in that. Hey, Crocker. Guess what? You got the same thing? <laughs> Can we yeah. – we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't go over this. Like, we specifically said we were not going to talk to each other about this. We weren't going to, you know, ask, like, you know, who has what. And we wanted to see – what was different, and so far, every single position has been the same. <laughs> it's true. Maybe it's the true. team I mean, is just er- not, you know, set, but I don't know. Like, 
Even I, I was surprised with the receiver. I, I thought the other ones, you know, yeah, we could get, you know, similar. But I think the O-line and the receiver one, I'm a little surprised uh, just because that kind of could have went a couple different ways. Well, to me, I just don't. I, I didn't see anybody else on the roster. And, and again, this is a little harder not really seeing their reps in training camp and, and seeing their usage as much. But I just didn't see anybody above these guys that was worth sweeping one of them out for. You know, you have William Sweet, Jaron Jones-Smith, um, Ross Reynolds, who has an injury. I just kind of dealing with an injury. Um, Kofi Amicha, and I believe he's already he's already been cut. Um, you know that I don't even know how to name how to say his name. Hronis Grasu, the guy they brought in to kind of play some center. There was none of these names that I felt like were worth, you know, kicking one of these guys out when you have most of them already have experience in the offense. Ben Garland, obviously, Justin School, obviously, Daniel Brunskill, obviously, all these guys that that they're backups, projected starters, rotational guys, what wherever you are in the status. I just didn't see any reason to 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 cut them in favor of these other guys. And yes, uh, Western Richburg, the starting center, is um, going to start the year on the pup list. So you know that's that's it's all pretty. It was all pretty cut and dry for me, you know. Yeah. And and Tom Compton's a guy that he's either going to be starting at right guard or he's going to be a, a competent backup that can play multiple st- spots. The 49ers are just hoping that they have Ben Garland healthy, which Kyle Shanahan didn't seem too sure of before week one, because they would have Ben Garland at center. And I think Daniel Brunskill would play right guard, but I know that they've had Daniel Brunskill playing a little bit of center um, because they both Richburg and Garland are hurt. Um, And so that's kind of stretched the offensive line thin. So, you know, the choices for me seem pretty obvious, but you know, we'll see if we start to start to differ differ here. We're on the defensive line. So uh, why don't you hit me with your, your picks for the defensive line? And I mean, this is a big group, so, We'll see. Uh, we'll see if we're we're still the same on this one too. All right. So I'm keeping nine defensive linemen. Okay. I believe last year they kept ten. Uh, I'm keeping nine. It would be ten if Blair was starting, but I have him starting off on the pup list. So Bosa, Ford, Armstead. Obviously, those are the given. Jones, Kenlaw, those are the given. Uh, Solomon Thomas, given. And then I went with Street, Taylor, and Hyder. And I kept Hyder because. They have to have another edge guy, another reserve edge rusher outside of Blair, who I have started on the pup list. Um, I flirted with keeping Deion Jordan, but I ended up going with Hyder. And, yeah, so those are my guys. Bosa, Ford, Armstead, Jones, Kinlaw, Thomas, Street, Taylor, Hyder, and Blair on the pup list. Okay, so – I think where we differ here is Julian Taylor's status because obviously he's still recovering from a torn ACL in December, and I oh, don't see, know. Yeah, I don't think he's going to start. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I, I'm assuming, you know, he might get put on injured reserve, which would end his season. Um, I don't know how many guys. I think I think they can only keep like two guys on the. They can only keep a limited amount of people on the pup list, which the pup list gives you the opportunity to bring a guy back after eight weeks, I believe. Um, so you know, I have I basically have left Julian Taylor off the list because he right now he is on the 49ers roster as physically unable to perform. I don't think they're going to put him on the pup list. I think they might just give him an entire season to to keep recovering from that. I don't know though. I, I really don't know. So that's so so I kept 10 defensive linemen just because I feel like the 49ers have a very obvious. I mean, they've said it themselves. They they the defensive line is the backbone of their defense. And I feel like they've they think that's far and away the most important position on that side of the field. So they're just they want to they want to be able to come in waves. So I have Nick Bosa, D Ford, Kerry Hyder, and Dion Jordan as like your edge rushers. You know, that's your edge rusher group. Obviously, Nick Bosa and D Ford are your starters, and Kerry Hyder and Dion Jordan are two guys who could step in, and you maybe you don't suffer too much. Um, then for kind of like your interior group, your main group, you have Eric Armstead, uh, Javon Kinlaw, DJ Jones, Solomon Thomas, Kentavious Street, and Kevin Gibbons. And Kevin Gibbons is a guy I'm interested to see you know, if get some regular season reps, cause he's a smaller guy, sort of like a smaller, uh, or excuse me, a Solomon Thomas. Um, um, maybe not quite a DJ Jones somewhere in there. 
he's just a smaller, quicker guy that that likes to play on the inside. So I'm, you know, maybe he would be able to make some splash plays here and there. And then I have Ronald Blair, along with Weston Richburg, going on the PUP list, and which the 49ers would give would be given the option to bring him back midseason, and and they would have to drop presumably one of the guys on this list, uh, and they could come off from another position, but but that would be that. So. That's my group, Bosa Ford, Hyder, Jordan, Armstead, Kinlaw, Jones, Thomas, Street, and Givens. So um, with, with Taylor with Taylor starting off on, you know, what we think possibly IR, I replaced him with Givens. So Okay. I mean that then that makes it. I mean then I think that gives us the same roster, huh? Did it or No, I don't either? have Deion Jordan. Okay, you're right, right, okay. Okay. Yeah, because you had nine, right. Okay. We're moving right along. Yeah, I, I I think yeah I think Taylor goes on IR, but I I just don't know because I let me see I I could look look this is sloppy, but I could look this up right now. Pup list NFL is there a? Mm, I wanted to just quickly be able to find the number of players that are allowed to be on the list. I want to say it's two, but I I mean I don't want to just throw bad information around here. So um, I was gonna see if I could look it up really quickly, but. I'll, I'll I'll do it while Crocker's talking, so I'm just not stalling the show. Okay, linebacker, let's go. I kept five. Fred Warner, uh, Quan Alexander, Greenlaw, Alshair, and Nizoncha. And it I, seems like he's like a core special team player, so. Yeah, 100%. Um, I kept him, and I, and I, you know, I was looking at it at first, I just have four. And I'm like, you just can't go into a season with just four. Four linebackers, <laughs> like you just can't. So um, no, it's such a physical position. You would you would never want to do that. Yeah, you, you just can't. So kept five, and those are the five. And I believe shoot, same five as from last year. I want to say. Uh, and I was also misspoken. the The pup list is six weeks, not eight. So you know, which in which is better, meaning that player will be able to get on the list a little quicker. Um, so my linebackers are, you know, pretty much they're the same. It's the same group, but I really wasn't sure it to go with Aziz Alshair or Demetrius Flanagan Foles. I know that they've kind of been going back and forth as like the guys that some of the first guys to step in. Um, you also have Joe Walker, who's kind of like a veteran guy. Um, who who knows how he's been doing in training camp, but it's there's also I think both of those guys or maybe some combination of all three in Demetrius, um, Joe Walker and Aziz, they you know, two of them could go on the practice squad. And and the you know, you have the one you want making the roster. And uh, and like Crocker said, Mark and Zacha is a is a special teams guy. He's been on the team for a while. He knows the defense, he knows what he's doing on special teams. So I mean I just I haven't really seen anybody that's that's come through that has gotten and garnered enough attention to knock him knock him off the, the off the list because you always need to pay you always need to give special teams some love you know and and obviously with losing somebody like Raheem Mostert who was one of the best special teams players in the league I'm assuming he's going to get less burn with special teams now that he's like you know one of the team's premier running backs so you need to make sure you're always giving special teams some love on the roster with with a guy that really knows what he's doing there um so yeah um let's let now we're entering uh crocker's wheelhouse at at cornerback and safety croc what do you got with uh with corners first all right with the cornerbacks i kept six and i think did you keep five yes all right so i think that's where we you know with the d line i kept kept 10 defensive linemen you kept nine you kept six corners i kept five all right, so I have Sherman, Mosley, Williams. Obviously, right, those are like your three core guys, I'm assuming. And then you have Witherspoon, Verrett, and Taylor. Now, the, the the reason why I have Taylor, and I'm sure you don't have Taylor, is you – they don't have – like, who else do they have to, to play in the slot? I mean, I obviously, I really like Mosley in the slot, but – it sounds like when Williams wasn't there, the guy that filled in the entire time with the ones was Taylor. And the fact that, again, it's so tough because we're getting bits and pieces from everything and not really being there like we typically are. But sound like, you know, Taylor was a guy, and I think I heard that Moore maybe got some reps there and whatnot. 
Um, obviously, I've like Ward, but if you don't want to take away from Tart, Ward, or more, uh, or not, um, excuse me, Ward or more from the safety positions, if you don't want to take them out of those spots, then you keep a guy like Taylor around and you have a reserve nickel corner who also can play outside as well. But it sounds like they've exclusively played them in the slot. And I think they did that for a reason. So I kept six. Sherman, Mosley, Williams, Witherspoon, Verrett, and Taylor. Yeah, I see the logic. I mean, it makes sense. Um, I went with five. You know, the first five was, which was Richard Sherman, Emmanuel Mosley, Kaylon Williams, Akella Witherspoon, and Jason Verrett. Sounds like Jason Verrett's been having another good offseason. And, and he was obviously spent more time last offseason kind of recovering, but there he did make some splash plays and there were some cool moments for him. But then the moment they put him in the game, I think it was against the Steelers. He instantly got burned for a touchdown and then yeah. in came Passing Emmanuel Mosley. And he wasn't bad in training camp. I think that's what people um No, not at all. Camp, but then remember he had the injury yep. to his calf or ankle or whatnot. Yeah, I'm pretty I think it was ankle. Yeah. So that you know there was an issue there about Watch him in training camp. I, I didn't think anything. And then it was like, once the game started, it's kind of confidence or whatever was up and down. But, yep, sounds like he's he's bounced back well. So, with Crocker's roster, you're essentially getting a, an extra man in the secondary to step up uh, in the slot if Kwan Williams went down. And with mine, you would have to do a lot more shuffling. Like, let's say Kwan Williams goes down. Emmanuel mostly would probably, I mean, if it were up to me, would move to the slot and then Witherspoon or Verrett could come in back on the perimeter where Mosley was. Or, you know, depending on how much yeah, Witherspoon seems like he would he would really struggle in the slot. Maybe Jason Verrett, you know, that's where he goes. Because, I mean, didn't he play a lot of slot back when he was healthy with the Chargers or was he just all over the place? He was an outside guy that could line up in matchups against guys in the slot. But, but he okay. was... He was an outside guy. He he okay. wasn't like like a you know like Chris Harris Jr. where Chris Harris started on the outside, but in nickel situations moved to the slot. It wasn't like that for Red. He he was pretty much an outside guy unless whoever he was matched up on lined up in the slot. Okay, yeah, so that makes sense. Crocker's Crocker, you know, Crocker's uh, setup would have a guy being able to immediately come in for someone like Williams, whereas. Um, you know, mine, you might have to shuffle them things around unless you wanted to try Verrett there. So there's, there's some differences there. Um, and we're at the, well, no, we're not at the, the final position. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to downplay our, our last group down there. Um, but we are on safety. So tell me what you got there, Croc. Tart, Ward, Harris, and more. And this was tough because, you know, Cyprian's been from all accounts, sounds like he's been playing very well. And I, I just, I'm really high on Marcel Harris. I think that he's a really good football player. I think he actually brings a lot of what the 49ers have been missing, uh, you know, with the ability to take away the ball, you know, three forced fumbles and four starts last year. I thought he was much, much better uh, in coverage than people give him credit for. And I've really shot down that narrative. Any chance I've, I've had on Twitter, uh, you know, tweeting out, you know, not just clips, I mean an entire thread. Hey, this is his full body of work for the outside of the Falcons game. And I thought he was really good, really good in coverage. Loved his movement skills. I like all of that. So uh, Marcel Harris, I just couldn't let him go for Cyprian, even though I think a lot of people are kind of clamoring for that. Well, and and that is the that's the reason that I went with Harris over Cyprian as well, because of 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 your positive praise for Harris. And what you've seen him do. So, you know, obviously having a guy like Cyprian as a backup would be pretty valuable. You know, you just got an experienced guy who knows what he's doing back there. Um, and you wouldn't feel horrible about him coming in. But at the same time, you know, Harris has been around too. He knows he's gotten starting action. He's not inexperienced per se. And plus, my, my boy Crocker here has been pra- singing his praises. So I wasn't going to turn my back on that. So I also <laughs> went with Jimmy Ward, Jaquiski Tart, Tarverius Moore, and Marcel Harris. Which is a perfectly fine group. Ward and Tart were really good. I don't know if you saw. I don't know who tweeted it, but he retweeted it. A picture of Tart today where he just looked absolutely jacked. Did you see that? I didn't see it. I, um, I can't remember who it was. Um, just tweeted a picture of Tart being just huge and jacked, and then Tart retweeted it with like some emojis of of you know flexing arms. 
and and he did look really really big. So you know, which is, you know, I guess in a way, if you wanted to perhaps overanalyze it, he could kind of know that his role is that strong safety now. Like you know, for a while he was going back and forth, and he was capable of playing both. In fact, his banner photo on Twitter is him doing that one handed pick against the Panthers, where he, when he was at free safety. But, you know, if a guy knows that he's more of a strong safety near the line of scrimmage type, that sort of weight really, really helps because, you know, safeties that play near the box a lot of times end up looking more like linebackers than they do safeties because they're they do have to cover more often, but they end up fulfilling roles that are like linebacker duties and they blitz. And, you know, you you need your weight to be able to hang down there. So, you know, and, and I'm going to see if I can send this, this to you. Uh, Fast enough because I want you to see it because I just saw it. He's he's pretty big. Yeah. Well, the thing with with Tart too, and I mean, really, Tart, Marcel Harris, or anybody that comes in safety opposite uh, Ward, they actually do. They play more single high than I than I initially thought. I'm talking about like the quote unquote box safeties. Uh, they were asked to do a lot last year, and the 49ers a lot of times brought Ward down in man situations. And anytime they did that, the opposite safety was the single high guy. So Makes sense. They they do like, even though I think Tart and Harris get the, you know, people, oh, they're they're box safeties. I, I don't think that you want them to primarily be your single high, but I think they both definitely played there a lot more than people realized. And whether it was single high or even um a lot of two high as well. Uh, I, the, the 49ers definitely asked a lot of, of their strong safeties. So how often, how often would they show that like pre-snap or was that like a post-snap movement? Oh man, They did a lot of pre-snap movement, especially I noticed it a lot because Harris was like the first safety where I'm like, let me just really watch his film. And he would line up in the box. And then next thing you know, he's bailing out to a too high safety or there were times where, he would be in the box, and then him and the other safety with what I call rock and roll, where one comes down, then he goes high. Um, they did a whole lot of pre-snap movement, moving guys around and doing different things, giving different looks. Uh, I think part of it, and I think a lot of people, they just think that the 49ers are just, oh, it's just a pure single high team. And I, I didn't, I didn't, they did a lot more than I think what people thought, for sure. And. And and I think to your point, Robert Sala has always said that. Like I think he's always kind of said, like, look, our base defense, like the the core of the defense that this was built off of, might have been primarily a single high, but we want to go beyond that and and evolve into something else. And and you know, no, maybe that's maybe that's their bread and butter, I guess you could say. But you know, from the sound of it, they do way 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 more than that. So yeah. you know, well, the single high allows you to play your cover three or man, right. Right. So not to be forgotten, not to be overlooked, essential and always remembered only when they screw up or do something great are your specialists, your kicker, your punter and your long snapper. Croc, a lot of mystery here, a lot of training camp competition at this spot. Who are your three? Oh, man, this was tough, but uh, I narrowed it down to these three guys. Robbie Gold, Mitch Wisnowski, and Kyle Nelson. Wow, that's surprising. <laughs> I can't believe you went with Kyle Nelson. Right. Hey, hey, one thing about Nelson, dude, swag is like on a thousand. I love dude's swag. Like, he's out there, he wears like the, the color visors, and he wears like a – like him and Ayu wear the same face mask. Like he wears like a skilled position face mask. Uh, he wears like the one shooter sleeve. Like, like dude, dude's tight, man. I like it. I like how he carries himself. He's in super good shape too. He's a buff dude. So yeah, surprisingly enough, I went with the same three. And yeah. this the list of of players competing against these guys for their jobs was very, very long and and had a lot of big names on it. And by long I mean zero. There was there was nobody competing with any of them. So those were the three they were always going to go with. You know, and Mitch Wishnowski's been fun to watch. You know, obviously I think, you know, didn't 49ers took him in like the fourth round or 
fourth this round. round and people people are weird about that and he's been fine so i don't know it's just I, the 49ers drafting him higher than most punters gives me an excuse to always tweet about him which is fun to me but um i mean I'll that's it so he, he plays so you know there are a lot of other you know shoot there was a third rounder that year who we haven't seen in the regular season game so you know right which Mitch Wisniewski at least he plays and you know he's a he's a solid punter they haven't had to cut him <laughs> all right well, and he made a he made a super badass special teams tackle too all right Came all the way up and thumped the dude and got himself a highlight. So that's cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really the only difference your 53-man roster had and mine was at corner versus defensive line, right? Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's it, yep. So it's it's essentially going to kind of come down to those two positions and and which one ends up being more accurate, I guess, because everything else was the same. So that's yeah. interesting. That's interesting. But, I, I mean, that just that I, just tells you – how tight we are here at striking gold. We even, we even think the same. Right. Yeah, the same. Yeah. We, yeah, we're going to start dressing the same soon. I'm going to, I'm going to start wearing that hat. You don't want to, well, okay. You can wear my hat, but I, you don't want to dress like me, man. I dress like a white dude on the golf course almost every day. <laughs> like I have never, whenever I go out of the house in any sort of like public setting, I'm always wearing a dry fit polo t-shirt, Nike polo, and then whatever pair of shorts or or jeans. That's about it. Every time. Most of the time it's if I can, it's a Nike polo and then some like gym shorts. Cause those are by far the most comfortable things ever. Yeah, that's so, pretty I just wear athletic t shirts and little shorts and yeah. And I, I've gotten to a point where I despise cotton t shirts. Like I just want every t shirt I ever buy to be dry fit. Like because it's just so comfortable. They don't shrink that much. You know, and and it's just they're just nice. So maybe with I'm the humidity here in the south, you have to wear dry fit shirts. Right, right. I love them. I love them. They're the best. <laughs> well, that was. I mean, that was kind of anticlimactic. Our rosters. Hopefully, I mean, I don't think we we cut anybody that was like super controversial. That's going to have people hitting us up on Twitter and you know bitching us out. But so, but you know that's Jenny, that's the way that's it is. The and the only one where people are like, what? Jennings. Which one? Yeah, Jennings. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you gotta, you gotta realize, guys, that the, Jennings was a seventh round pick, a guy who had the 49ers not drafted him, probably would have gone undrafted, and then right. he would be an undrafted free agent, and the thought of cutting him wouldn't be that crazy. So you just gotta realize that the the two, the difference between those two is is not significant, you know, right. and, and this for especially for a team with a Super Bowl roster. And that's what I was going to say is, you know, you're talking about a team that just went to the Super Bowl. Other than, you know, some of the guys you lose because you can't pay and stuff, there's not going to be a whole lot of turnover. You realize your roster is capable of taking you to the Super Bowl and you want to make as little changes as possible. You know, like uh, trading a guy like DeForest Buckner and then drafting Javon Kinlaw is about as crazy as a playoff team will get. You know, that's, that's, that's a huge move. So, you know, that's why the roster was for the most part, fairly predictable. Um, This is not 2017 when the 49ers just Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch took over and there was all kinds of guys, new guys brought in. And, you know, when, when we were creating those rosters, then there was a ton of like, what ifs and who knows, and this is what I'm going with type deals because, you know, it was a completely new roster being constructed, but that's not the case anymore. So Hmm. You think that you think that that oh, you know what? So a hey, next week, I mean, if we do two pods, we're good. But even though we got we'll be we'll have week one coming up. Next week, do you want to do the the non-football questions pod? Let's do it. Okay. So a lot of you guys already asked questions. I will do my best to go and find those. Um I know even uh my good friend Andrew who beat me in our fantasy football championships this year. Congrats champ. Um, he already submitted a question, so I will use his and we got a few more of them. So we'll go hunt those down. And then if you're listening to this, get your questions ready. Don't send them to us on Twitter yet because sometime next early next week, 
um, Crocker and I will tweet out that we are going to do a mailbag pod in which you can only ask questions that are not related to football. So that will be our next pod. And then we'll, and then, you know, depending on how we're rolling, we might do one, another one, uh, just to preview the 49ers first game of the season. Yeah, we'll do one of those. It's not a maybe. So, um, think about what you want to ask. Okay. Make it a good question. It could be weird. It could be awkward. Don't necessarily make it inappropriate or anything, but the, you know, the funnier, the better. And, uh, and that'll be our next pod is will be questions that, that have nothing to do with football. The, what do we, Oh, uh, one of our uh, listeners said we should call it fool's gold, which is, I think, awesome. I think that's a pretty funny name. So yeah. we'll have to title it fool's gold in, in honor of him. So, but I think that does it for us tonight. Crock, what do you think? You got any closing thoughts? Nah, I think that's good, man. Okay. I think so too. As always, you can find us on Twitter. We're always tweeting our hearts out at Rob underscore louder, L-O-W-D-E-R, at Eric underscore Crocker. Um, hit us up. Let us know that you're listening. Let us know that you're out there. Uh, you know, Tell us what we did right. Tell us what we did wrong, whatever you got. No matter what your, um, your feedback is, I appreciate you for being here right now and listening to the podcast. Thank you for making Striking Gold what it is. Um, me and Crocker... I think are in the sixties now, as far as the number of episodes we've done together. So it won't be long before we're doing our 100th episode and that'll be sweet. I don't know what we'll do, but it'll be sweet. I know that. So I appreciate all of you guys for the continued support. Uh, it means a lot. And, um, shoot, I guess that's, uh, for another week striking gold signing out. Peace. The wait is finally over football is back you might not be at a game this year but you can still be on in the action at betonline.ag betonline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props betonline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else you can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.